gentlemen, welcome to our new venture of sorts. It's a mini series. That's what I'm going to call it. Our first mini series here for AWI Pod. It's a cup of UK heritage. I, of course, am Brent Piles. And if we're talking about the UK, then there's only one person that's with AWI Pod that we could ever bring on or start a show with where we're talking about the UK. And that's Glenn Abbott, Jay Russell Nutt. Glenn, how you doing? Yes, boy. Yes. Very good. Our boys got drafted to SmackDown, too, so we're very excited about that. Oh, we're going to get the Usos against Pretty Deadly. Oh, I, I like it. How good is that going to be? So, like, the weird thing about... I know we're not here to talk about that. But like, the weird thing about the WWE draft is, like, so the undisputed tag team champions are technically on Raw. So, I mean, they stay on Raw. Are we going to get new tag team champions, too, or... How's I would work? think that would be the case. I would think they would stop being undisputed. Well, they're still calling Roman the undisputed universal right. title. So right. there must be a way that they're going to introduce a new tag belt to SmackDown. So to tell me if you think this is a crazy idea, but I think that they should keep it like this. They should have a just a men's tag team division on raw and a women's tag team division on smackdown so you have tag team titles on each brand you just have yeah. you know different genders i think that's the best way to do it that, that is an excellent pick them all on each show i think it's a great way to do it that is an excellent way to do it yes because we don't have enough male tag teams and we don't have enough female tag teams and if we put them all just in one show i think it'll be better yeah We'll still only have four women's tag teams, but it'll be better than one and two that we throw together to make which, a feud. Hmm. Which actually brings us nicely back to where we should be. Right. Because back in the day, they didn't bother with a, a women's tag title for the UK. They used to throw the women together occasionally, but normally they'd have singles matches. But with the men, they were looking for a, a second title as opposed to the uh, NXT UK title. So they introduced us to the Heritage Cup. To all intents and purposes, is a big cup. It is a giant cup, yes. <laughs> it's a giant cup. And other than maybe one guy, they didn't put it on any particular, they didn't give it to any particularly large man. There was only one guy no. who was probably a big guy that had this giant cup. So. <laughs> yes. The week before it all kicks off, we have this, uh, we've got to Sid Scala, uh, Johnny Saint, and Pete Dunn in the ring with Nigel McGuinness. And they introduce us to the contestants for this Heritage Cup, which... I'll allow you, as you only just been picking up on this sort of thing, to explain the rules. The rules for the tournament are as follows. Matches in the Heritage Cup are conducted in six by three minute rounds. There will be 20 second breaks between each round. All matches are two out of three falls. Falls are won by pinfall, submission or count out. Once a fall occurs, the round ends. Once one competitor has won two falls, they are declared the winner and they advance in the tournament. In the event of a disqualification or knockout, the match ends. Whoever is ahead on falls, should the match go to the full six rounds, wins. Luckily, they didn't say anything about it 
uh, reviving a contestant with a flask of alcohol or anything, as we'll see as we go down the line. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, Glenn. So, like, you grew up, you know, and watching rounds matches because that's just what what you guys mm. did over there. Does yeah. this pretty much stay to the typical rules of a of a good British rounds match, or did they kind of yes change it a little? Um. No, basically, it was that. Um, it was, you know, obviously, to be fair, I can't even say that the old matches were more map-based because there's a lot of good map-based wrestling, as we'll see in just what we've watched tonight. As uh, somebody who not be named once said when we were reviewing them the first time round for a piece of business, no two Heritage Cup matches are the same, and that's what makes it so interesting. And we've got four here, and not one of them is the same. Yeah, that's why I found it so interesting when I first started watching Heritage Cup matches. It's, there's a, literally an unlimited amount of ways of how these matches can not only also go, but finish, too. There's many ways that these things can be a finish, and a lot of the finishes are going to leave you shocked. You're going to go, oh, my God, did that just happen? And that's the yeah. best thing about wrestling for me is when you get shocked, and that's the best thing about Heritage Cup matches is usually come to a very shocking end. Um, <laughs> and some of the best finishes I've seen in wrestling, and I've been watching it for a long time, came in some of these matches. So, yeah, that's why we're both really excited to go back and watch them all over again because a lot of these I haven't seen. I've seen some, but a lot of them I haven't. I, like this first-round tournament that we're going to look at, I haven't seen – I'd never seen any of these matches. So, Well, that's why we're doing this because when you said you were going to go back and watch it, I thought, why waste the opportunity to let people know what you think about it? So yeah, the first the first of the first round matches we got, Pete Dunwood's <laughs> gonna be the special guest referee in the in this match because during the drawing where they drew to see who would face who, these two kind of got into it a little bit, and Pete Dunn had to kind of mm -hmm. threaten the fingers of Noam Dar because he got a little out of pocket, as Noam Dar can do quite often. Um, <laughs> as we go through these heritage cup matches, we will find out more and more. So it's Noam Dar taking on Alexander Wolf, and Alexander Wolf is the forgotten member of Imperium. He's also he was also insanity, right? He was. He was. He just disappeared when sanity broke up. And it, I'm pretty sure I don't think he was long for the NXT for the WWE world, even on NXT UK, because I'm pretty sure they release him in 2020 when this all takes place. Mm -hmm. So I don't think he's long yeah. for the world. No. <laughs> Yeah, and as most of yeah. these matches are, the first round is kind of a feeling out process. I I love Noam Dahl though. Even the, the early stages, every time that Wolf went anywhere near him, he'd back off and fend him off and play the real chicken shit hill. Yeah, back into the corner. <laughs> yeah, grab the ropes. Yeah. Anything he can do. My favorite part of the first round was it's coming down to like the final 15 seconds or whatever. Noam Dar grabs, grabs Wolf, flips him down and just gives him just a little kick right to the chest and then just yeah, backs yeah. into the corner, which Back I thought up. that was really, really good. It was just enough of a kick yeah. to let me know that I was there to piss you off yeah. right before the bell rang. And I just thought that that was so great. Well, you see, you think about it. Because of the fact that you can lose by disqualification, right? 
especially with somebody like Alexander Wolf, it's a perfect thing to do is to wind him up and to, to get him to hit you after the bell or something and get himself disqualified. Right, and he, I mean, he almost did get him to get disqualified a yeah. couple times during this thing by doing just shit like that. And uh, <laughs> like, Dar, like he has like an like a lot of smaller guys don't have the ability to like trade blows with a guy like Alexander Wolf and make you believe that it's believable. But I think Noam Dar, like a Sean Michaels kind of has that ability to be able to stand there and trade blows yeah. with a guy like that. And you actually believe that he's doing it. So I thought that was really good. I think that took place in the second round. That did. And then we got into the third where, uh, as you say, it was <laughs> um, at the end of the third round, Wolf gives Dar such a slap, round, reaches round the referee and whacks him in the mouth. But to be fair to, to be fair to old Noam, he comes straight back at the beginning of the fourth and gets the first gets the first pin. Yeah, I think it took Wolf by surprise. The fact that he took the slap and just came straight back at him. There was something that was going on too, where Dar Dar was like stomping Wolf's feet. He would like he would like yeah. it, like Wolf had him in something. He would stomp on his toes, and the 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 commentators were kind of asking like, "Is the referee gonna to qualify him here or do something here?" And they're like, "It's Pete Dunn. He breaks fingers and stomps on him all the time. You think he fucking cares? He don't care. <laughs> no. He does not also, care." I forgot about this, but Nigel McGuinness in these early days absolutely drove me mad with all the name dropping that he did. Oh God, he was like Mauro Ranallo. He like took Mauro's gimmick and just ran with yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's just a. <laughs> yeah, he was even some that I didn't recognize, and I thought I knew my British wrestling history pretty well. <laughs> right. <laughs> And then he Dar hit what they called a North Shore backslide for a two count. Was that made famous by Johnny Saint? I'm just just wondering. it was. Okay. I, apparently, but according to Nigel McGuinness, anyway. I didn't know because he had said, "Oh, shades of shades of Johnny Saint," but I'm sure I wasn't sure if he meant the the backslide or like the move that he did before that. So I wasn't 100. No, that was the backslide. Yeah. Which was a beautiful backslide, yeah. and that got him a two count. But then Dar kind of like. Uh, uh, Alexander Wolf went for a fireman's carry, and uh, Dar kind of used his momentum against him and used a roll up, and he got the he got the three count for the lead in the in the second round. I think <laughs> it was right. Yeah, that's right in the second round. Sorry, I jumped ahead because because we were talking about Wolf losing his rag. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then a Wolf came out, you know, in this third round, not playing around as most people would, um, with there being down one fall. They kind of, uh, that's when they do the, they trade fisticuffs to the end of the third round. Mm-hmm. And that's when Dar slaps the shit out of him. But right as the bell, right after the bell rings. Uh, yeah. And then, then Dar comes flying out of the corner. He kicks him, he kicks him off his feet. He lands a big kick and a back. He had another, like a spec, a back spinning elbow. That was fucking beautiful. Um, mm. During this exchange too. I tell you what, it was, and Wolf did a German suplex. He launched Dar across the ring. He flew. <laughs> yeah, I got that in my in my notes too. That he hit him with a beautiful German suplex. He hit him with a big boot and then a beautiful German suplex. Mm. And then uh, I believe Alexander Wolf hit a uh, wasn't it a perfect plus or a fisherman suplex for the yeah uh, fish- for the pin fisherman yeah fisherman's buster for the pin. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. And then we went into 
round five, which was really good. Yeah, and finally, yeah, finally, um, I can't even remember how he got it. Now, Dar gets the win. So, he like, did. he uh, he went for like a roll up, but he was by the rope, and he tried to reach out and yeah. grab the rope. But Pete, yeah, Pete kicks him. Off. Then, yeah. yeah, then Dunn like kicked his foot off. And then Dunn was kind of looking over at, at Wolf just to kind of look at him. Mm-hmm. And then here comes fucking Noam Dar out of nowhere. He flies over Pete Dunn, kicks Alexander mm-hmm. Wolf right in That's his right. face, mm-hmm. and gets the one, two, three. And he is moving on to the second round. I mean, Noam Dar is absolutely <laughs> built for heritage cup matches and that's why exactly he's is. heritage cup champion ever because he's absolutely built for it he was a magical <laughs> of this match it's a shame that um poor old shark his uh dubious history wouldn't go and get a work permit for uh, the states because to have him in his corner would be brilliant yeah we're gonna get to some shah samuel and noam tar together and yeah they're absolutely <laughs> Uh, the next uh, first round match was uh, Flash Morgan Webster taking on A Kid and Glenn. Mm. I think we've seen this A Kid before, haven't we? Yeah, there was a similarity to a guy on NXT called Axiom. Notice that he gets into the ring kind of the same way. Mm, yeah, a lot of the moves are very similar as well. It's almost as if it's him under that mask. Maybe I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? You'll be you'll be saying that Hulk Hogan was Mister America next. That's a good point. You're right. You're right. We don't want to go that far. We don't want to. We don't no. want to unlock that wrestling conspiracy theory box, Glenn. We don't want to do that. No, no. Lots of match wrestling in this opening round mm. feeling out process, which I thought it was, was really really good. Yep, it was from these two. You'd expect them to be bump bouncing around like a box of gerbils right from the beginning, but no. They got down to it, and they showed that they could wrestle. Yeah, I think a lot of people, when you think of uh, Flash Morgan Webster, you look at the gimmick and stuff like that and don't think that maybe he's the best, you know, Matt wrestler or whatever, but he proved in this match that he can fucking go. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, you and I both know what Flash Morgan Webster can do, but from the, you know, from the the, the raw eye of seeing him, I just don't know if think a lot of people would yeah. be able to take it seriously, you know what I mean? That's right. Yeah, they, <laughs> that's a lot that to uh, anybody that just will watch highlights and that sort of thing, just think he does a lot of flippy shit, as they say. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. And he proved in this one that, especially in this first round, he really there wasn't there was no flippy shit. It was just a lot of mat wrestling. Okay. These big these rounds perfectly timed. Um, all credit to the guys. They know what they're doing in there. One where Flash had a kid. And that's one, two, and the bell rings. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they did really good. Uh, uh, Flash Morgan Webster gets the first fall in the second round where he reverses mm. a kid pinning combination with his own pinning combination and takes a 1 0 lead on yeah. the old eight kid. Uh, the pace of this match started to pick up a little bit in the in the second and third rounds, though. I thought it was it was a different sort of pace than what we saw in the uh, Noam Dar mm. Alexander Wolf match. Yeah, this is where they started to get a bit more bouncy, right? What they're known for again, still, still lots of hip tosses, arm bars, and not getting away from classic wrestling. But just throwing in a bit more of the modern stuff with it, right? Which is the perfect, Which is all credit to the perfect combination. 
Yeah, ace. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, A hits a fisherman suplex that would have made Mister Perfect proud. Uh, Flash Morgan Webster hits a reverse run on A Kid, but that was when when Glowick Glenn said where he got saved by the bell there in the third round. Mm. Um, Webster hits a huge kick to the face to start the fourth round. Uh, and then Flash heads up to the top, but A-Kid catches him with a drop kick and then hits the Spanish fly. Uh, and then a huge super kick for the three count. And that ties it up at one fall apiece, heading into the fifth round. Um, I think I enjoyed the fifth round the most. What did you think? Yeah. Yes, definitely. Because, again, it is that sort of uh, map base. Um Again, you wouldn't think it from these two, but they're both going for submission holds. Right, yeah, yeah. That's not what you, that's not what you would expect, but it's what happened, yeah. Hmm. There's a lot of hard hitting strikes, a lot of reversals, a lot of submissions, a lot of reversals of submissions. It was just a lot of fun to watch. I've round. got I've got that in my notes that it was hard hitting that fifth round. They did <laughs> I, I, lay it into each other. Yeah, by that point they were I think they were just they were just lighting up each other at, at that point. They said, Fuck it, let's just fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then surprise, surprise, A Kid gets the win by a submission. I know. Who would have thought it? <laughs> yeah, Flash Morgan Webster hit like a suicide dive. He tries to get back <laughs> into the ring and go for a swanton bomb, but he misses and A Kid kind of rolls him into an arm bar. Uh, yeah, he tries to roll out, but a card didn't. I think it was a crucifix that he locked him in, right? To, to get him that's to right, out. yeah, <laughs> locked him, tapped him out with the crucifix. Uh, this was a really, really good match. Like I said, that fifth round was spectacular. I, I really enjoyed it, mm. yep. Yeah. Um, and it just sort of sums up what the sort of wrestling was like for NXT UK. And it's a shame more people didn't catch on to it early enough. They seem to be now that, that all of a sudden the uh, the NXT's filling with the, all these stars from NXT yeah. UK. Not even just NXT, but they're fucking they're coming up to Raw and SmackDown. You got Isla Dawn. They are now. Fire, they're moving up. Yeah. Deadly. Uh, Jordan Devlin's on. No, I'm sorry, mm. he's not Jordan Devlin anymore, but he used to be. <laughs> Lady Madonna. Oh, JD Madonna. JD Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> Children at his feet. Don't forget that part. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> the um, next match was the biggest man in the tournament taking on the man in the tournament with the most punchable face. It's Dave Mastin <laughs> taking on Joseph Connors. You can't tell me that Joseph Connors' face isn't punchable. No. Yeah. You tried to say, uh, uh, there was no point in telling Dave Mastin that either because he was going to punch it. Yeah. You didn't. Yeah. Dave Mastiff. He did so, like, around. I've never really seen Connors wrestle because when I watched NXT UK, he was basically just like Ginny's lackey. Yeah. And that was like all he was doing at that point. And I was like, why is Ginny with this rat faced motherfucker? I just didn't understand it. Why is why is she with this Lord of the Rings looking <laughs> motherfucker? <laughs> what I thought. Uh but I like like Joseph Connors was like putting in arm bars, but he was like really slapping. He was really slapping the arms in, like doing it and really just slapping the arms. Yeah. Which I just thought that was really cool because you don't see that very often of guys really putting that that extra stank on it like he was doing it. So I really mm. like that. I thought that was cool. Yeah. This big two meaty man slapping meat. What more can you say about it? Basically. They also uh, told uh, us that Dave Mastiff used to be a school teacher and could you <laughs> I'm not acting up in that class. I'll tell you. Jeez. Right Mr. Mastiff will throw Jeez. you out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. That sounds terrifying. Yeah, yeah. 
You're not going to take any nonsense, is he? No, I'm not mm. going to do that. I'm not um, acting up in that class. Absolutely not. And this does what, exactly what he needed to. It was a quick match. Because as you say, Joseph Connors has got a very punchable face. Dave Massive punched him in the face and then followed it up once he was staggering around by a vicious forearm that knocked him senseless. And that might be why I never saw Joseph Connors wrestle in NXT UK because yeah, of that yeah. help from Dave yeah. Mastiff. Uh, it might well have been. <laughs> and I think I'm still Bell not I think his bell's already rung yeah, because Mastiff slapped the shit out of him at the end of the third round. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was actually uh, legit that he had his bell rang. He was doing a good job of staggering around if he was selling it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looked like it hurt. That's for goddamn sure. Mm. Um, I also thought it was funny during this match. They start. They mentioned that, jo- that Michael Cole... Uh, said that Joseph Connors was his dark horse to win the inaugural NXT title tournament and that now Joseph <laughs> Connors is trying to live up to whatever Michael Cole <laughs> has, what ambitions Michael Cole has for him, which I just thought that was really funny that they brought up Michael Cole <laughs> and Joseph Connors. Well, that's because the original inaugural uh, NXT UK uh, tournament, Michael... Uh, Michael Cole was part of it. Oh, right. Before... Oh, he was. He was a commentator. Mm. Was yeah. Him and Nigel, I think it was. It was him and Nigel before it yeah, before NXT UK took off. And like like me and Glenn have said about how none of these matches are similar. We had one end by mm. pinfall. We've had one end by submission. And we've had one end by knockout. So we have seen three different finishes in three different matches, which I think is great. Um the last one was uh, Trent Seven taking on Kenny Williams, who isn't quite a cockroach just yet, is he? Well, neither of these two characters are what they became, are they? Not at all. Not even a little. Because <laughs> you first of all, you get Babyface Seven come to the ring and do all his shenanigans, which seems a bit stuff because this was at uh, this is during COVID time, so. Right. There was no crowds. <laughs> I mean, this is this is one of their well, like second or third show actually in the BT Sports Arena, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, because mm. they had like that. It's about third show. Just showing recap shows, right? Yeah, that's right. That's what I thought. It's been a long while since it actually had a show. Right. So there, this the feeling out process in this opening round was sort of more of a respectful sort of uh you know like the getting back to the old traditional stuff because there was handshakes they were clean breaks in the ropes that maybe you didn't <laughs> see necessarily in the first few matches but i think this is the only one that was really a baby face versus baby face they were all well i guess flash morgan and AK are both baby faces aren't they yes okay. yeah and they did they, they did shake hands and have a hug at the end as they do when you have two baby faces if you look at Kay williams there to what he became it shows how good he was with that cockroach character oh that cockroach character was great he was just so slimy and gross after you watch him you <laughs> want to take a shower that's right and you would never have thought it just looking at this match yeah because he had some really cool jordans on too which i noticed 
Yeah. <laughs> they were like purple. They were awesome. Yeah. I thought they were cool. Second round started with Trent Seven trying to kind of slow the quicker of Kenny Williams down, but Kenny Williams started to pick up the pace, hitting some faster pace moves at about the minute and a half mark in the second round. Trent hits two big headbutts while Kenny's on the ropes, and then what I really liked is he tried to go for a third one, and Kenny just kind of jumped over the top of him, which I thought was that was a pretty yeah. cool <laughs> way to, to counter the headbutt to the stomach. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then we got we had no falls in this match, even into the third round. So the first two rounds we went with no falls. I think that was the first one of the matches that didn't have any falls within the first two rounds. First two rounds. Mm -hmm. Yep, they were just good technical wrestling. Yep, they did. They did a lot of good mat wrestling in the third round. A lot of transition, <laughs> just submission wrestling. Really good stuff in the third round. Uh, Trade Seven doing a bit of what he's notorious for. The, the the hefty slaps <laughs> yes there were a lot of hefty slaps in this one absolutely yes a, a lot of vicious <laughs> slaps for that in my note too um then trent seven hits the stiff lariat to get the first fall in the fourth round mm. uh, i'm sorry in the third round as we head into the fourth in round. third round and, yeah the fourth round he hits that snapdragon suplex which let kenny landed right on his head um, credit to kenny williams that he got up from that yeah that looked a little stiff a little stiff yeah. <laughs> a little stiff dragon suplex on kenny uh kenny opens up the fourth round with some quick transitions and depending combinations as he's trying to catch back up as one would do if they were down one fall uh he gets him a couple of near falls but then he ends up locking Trent Seven in a roll-up finally, and he gets him. Uh, he ties him up one to one. I think it was pretty mm -hmm. early on in the round too, where he finally did. Get it was, pin. yeah. After he tried about five times, he finally figured out a way to keep his shoulders down for the three count. <laughs> Which makes a lot of sense when the psychology of that is: if you're down one fall, you're going to scramble as quick as you can to try to get that fall yeah. back. So I think that psychology of that makes a whole lot of sense. Well, that's it because. No, because you you make another mistake and you're out of there. Nigel does a great job on commentary of like uh, putting over the fact that you, like when you're down one fall, you want to be you want a sense of urgency, but you also don't want to go crazy because if you screw up again, it's over for you. So mm, that's it. They, I think both of the guys, Andy Andy Shepard and and Nigel McGuinness, were really really good on commentary together. I just thought they were they were they were yeah. one of the better commentary teams that the company They've had. And it's a shame they let them both go. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say they missed a trick by letting them both go. Mm. When you consider what we've got now on the NXT, yeah, Nigel yeah. McGuinness yeah. would have been such a better better fit than the Booker T. Absolutely, a real hard hitting starts with the fourth round as both men are hitting some big moves and. Kenny Kenny Williams almost picks up a victory after he hits a pretty nice spinning DDT. Uh, reversal on Trent Seven, which I thought was a really cool move. Mm -hmm. uh, Trent makes his way up to the to the middle turnbuckle, which you don't see very often from old Trent Seven. <laughs> you don't see him no. the rope. I thought that was interesting, and I think that's how that led to the finish of the match. Didn't it? It did because he's Kenny's up. Kenny climbed over him. And then gives him a hurricanrana, but Trent rolls through with it, and jackknifes him and covers him. Jack, it was a jackknife cover, as right. 
Nigel McGuinness called it. Right. Which I'm assuming means he, he just sort of put him down on his shoulders and led on his legs very heavily. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he Trent Seven took that ample sized belly that he's got and laid it on Kenny Williams' legs and kept him down for the three count. A very, mm-hmm. like I said, a very snap ending to the match and a, another great finish to another great match. I would dare to say that that one was my favorite one of all the first round matches. Was that one? It's close between that one and Dar versus Alexander Wolf. Those were probably my two mm-hmm. favorite ones. From the first okay, round. so so in summary. Your first look at the Heritage Cup. What's your overall feeling on it? I mean, I absolutely loved it. I loved every single match. I loved (laughs) psychology in every single match. I loved that every match had a different sort of finish. It was great. I mean, I I expected to go into it loving it, and it was everything that I expected it to be, absolutely. We're going to get a bad reputation here, you know. Between this... uh, Between... This uh, um, Raw from 97 was actually watching some decent wrestling. Yeah, well, I guess you got to branch out sometime and we've done that. (laughs) (laughs) But don't you worry, everybody. If you want to get your fill of us saying stupid shit, you can check out the mayor of superstars, our AWI by Worldwide. They come out on alternating Sundays. This week, you'll be getting uh, an episode of AEW I've had worldwide. Last time you got an episode of the mayor of superstars. And that is going to do it. I think you got anything you need to add on this first episode, Glenn? No, no. I'm, I'm just so I'm, I'm really glad that you I, I thought you would. Because to come into it so late and get hooked on NXT UK. So I thought going back that you would you would enjoy it. And I'm glad you did. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was great stuff. So I, mean, I miss I miss NXT NXT UK. I miss <laughs> those Thursdays. Absolutely. I mean it's it took a big chunk out of my week, Glenn. I miss it so much. <laughs> Apart from that, um and no point in plugging anything tonight because we'll be doing it all again tomorrow. So that's right. Um well, check out the newest episode of Warring Dad too, because it came out the it came out the day before this one because it's Wednesday today when you're looking at this. And that <laughs> came out on Tuesday. Make sure you give our buddy, our other co-host, the Mayor of Canton, a follow on Twitter at Mayor of Canton, and check out the meal with the Mayor every Wednesday as he eats something that's probably not good for you but tastes fucking delicious. Or sometimes it doesn't taste good, and then he goes on a rant, which is my favorite ones. My favorite ones is when it's shit food, and he goes crazy. That's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, he enjoyed those chicken nuggets too much. Did. This week. Did. And plus, like the mayor's a really positive person. I so I don't see him get angry very often. So when he does get angry, I don't know why. I just get a kick out of it. I love uh, uh, because uh, you could tell he's so expressive with it as well. Yep. You, can you can tell when he hates it. <laughs> <laughs> you need to take a mic. You'll know if he hates it or not. And of course, check anyway. out Sports Bar Radio and give our buddy Thomas Price a follow at Thomas Price 2017. I'm sure I haven't asked him, but I'm sure he'll play their show too. Yep. And uh, we're back live. <laughs> well, that's going to be too late. They won't oh, know. It'll be over by oh, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> We were live on Saturday. We were, we were live on Saturday. Hope you all enjoyed Backlash. Yeah, we hope you like Backlash. I hope I'm still the champion. I might not be. Who knows? Who fucking knows? 
Well, Glenn, there's only thing one left to do, and that's for you to say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.